Lord, as we look for peace, Lord, sometimes we look for peace in all the wrong places. Lord, remind us that that peace starts in us. That starts when we're at peace with you. Lord, when we have your peace, Lord, help us remember that peace comes from you and that your peace passes all human understanding. Lord, it's a peace that never goes away no matter what goes on, no matter our circumstance, no matter what we're going through. Lord, we can always have your peace. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for your presence with us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to hear from you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's the time of year we start looking ahead. I don't know. Sometimes we look behind. You know, we look at things from the past, and hopefully we can learn from some of that. Um, but, you know, basically it's a time when we say it's a new year and we get a chance to look ahead. So I just want to take a moment and, and look ahead with you. Um, the first thing I want to look ahead at is it's kind of a personal thing. It's not real, but it's something personal I've been thinking a lot about. The other day I was talking to Pastor Pat Kleitz, my friend in Buffalo, and uh, he said to me, he said, you know, he said a lady in my church came up to me and said, I think your sermons ought to be a little happier. <laughs> and, and it was interesting he said that to me because um, I sometimes think that, you know, like, well, you know, maybe, you know, it should be a little happier. And and uh, what's what's that really mean? What was what was she really asking for? You know, and then you think about it, and you think, well, what's my responsibility? You know, what's what's my responsibility as a pastor? Is my responsibility to make everybody happy? <laughs> no, I hope you're happy. I mean, I don't want you not to be happy, but you know, it's not my responsibility to make you happy or to make you feel good. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think, and this is just personal, but I think and for myself, you know, sometimes I've even thought, well, you know, maybe you should be somehow a little more upbeat. I don't know what that means for sure, but I feel like, well, you know, maybe a little happier, you know, um, everybody would just feel, they feel real good when they left, you know, I hope you do, but you know, doesn't always, doesn't always mean you will or should, but you know, for me personally, as I, as I think ahead, I think, what's my responsibility? My responsibility, my personal responsibility. My personal responsibility is to the Lord, you know. And I, and I, you know, and, and I take that seriously. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, everything I do is exactly what God says or anything like that. But, but basically, I understand that I have a responsibility. And it's interesting to me that in the scriptures, and I remember Several, well, when I first started preaching, one of the scriptures that came to me was Ezekiel, and I was reminded of that. And I want to share with you from Ezekiel, the third chapter, the eighth verse. Ezekiel, the third chapter, the eighth verse, it says, Behold, he's talking to Ezekiel, he says, I have made your face strong against their faces, meaning the people. He says, Your forehead strong against their foreheads, like, like a damn stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks. Though they are rebellious, I'm not afraid of your looks. And it says, moreover, he said to me, son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. Interestingly to me is he tells Ezekiel, he says, I made your head hard. Why is that? Why is it? Because he was butting heads with people. 
Now, I, you know, I know it's not a, you know, it's not a very nice thing. It doesn't sound very, doesn't sound very nice, you know. But why was that? Because sometimes the people didn't always want to hear. It's like the lady said, just make me happy. You know, don't tell me something that's going to make me sad or, or tell me something that's maybe going to make me want to change something. You know, just tell me everything's good. Tell me I'm, I'm doing good. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Well, everything is going to be okay. But it may not be quite the way you think. But it's going to be okay. And that's, that's the rest of my message is that, you know, in life today, our society tells us that everybody can be great. Do you realize how much our society wants everybody to feel good and be happy? We want everybody to be happy. You know, you're gonna, you're, we're all winners. Even if you came in last, you're still a winner. That's an interesting concept. Now, if you do your best, you can consider yourself a winner. But nowadays, we want to we wanna be, feel good. You know, we're always worried about everybody feeling good. Oh, yeah, everybody's got to feel good. I want to make sure everybody feels good. Always worried about our feelings. Or you can be anything you want to be. As a Christian, I don't think anything you want to be is the question. You can be what God's called you to be. God has a plan for everybody. It's not what you want to be. You know, it's not, only, it's not about you and me. It's not about what well, I want to be. It's about what does God have for us. But, you know, no, you can be anything you want to be. Well, I don't, you know, I think you, you're going to really deceive your children if you tell them that all the time. Because sometimes they're going to hit the reality that maybe they can't be everything they want to be. That maybe that's not the talents or the gifts that God has given them. And so you may send them down a, very hard path. And so t- just telling people what they want to hear isn't always the best. The truth isn't always what we want or doesn't always make us feel good. But what's the Bible said? It says the truth will set us free. The truth is always good. Eventually, you know, it's, it's good for us. It'll set us free. So in, in 2020, 2020, I just want you to know that I am committed to the best of my ability to tell you the truth. In 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the third verse, it says, For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap upon themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Isn't that interesting? That a time's going to come when what's going to happen? It says people will turn away from truth. They don't want to hear the truth. You know, I think it's important. You know, we need to tell the truth. We need to tell our children the truth. You know, to the best of my ability, I try to tell people the truth. The truth. You know, sometimes the truth isn't what I want to hear or you want to want to hear. But it's what will set us free. It's what's good for us. It's the truth. Telling people something that's not going to help them isn't any good. It's, it's not going to do them any good. So we, first of all, we need to, to want to hear the truth. 
and not according to their own desires. It says these people, they didn't want the truth, but they just want to hear according, according to what makes me feel good. According to what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me I'm doing okay. Tell me I'm doing, you know, sometimes we're doing okay. Sometimes we're not doing okay. You know, sometimes we need to hear that. We need to hear that. It says it, they'll listen to fables. They'll listen to fables. They'll make up stuff. I believe one of the greatest problems in our society is people make up their own God. They decide who God is. I think God is this and this. His word tells us who he is. His word tells us his character. His word tells us all about him. Not what I think. Not what I think in my mind. You know, we can have all kinds of bad thoughts about God. We might think he's some guy up, up somewhere just waiting for us to mess up so he can smack us. That's wrong. That's wrong. So we need to know the truth. We need to hear the truth. And we need to be willing to hear the truth. So, what's coming in 2020? Well, I'm not a prophet in any way. I can see things. So I'm going to tell you what I see. Nothing, but I see, and this is obvious, wars and rumors of wars. Now, that's, that's not too hard because you just turn on the, the TV right now, and they're going to tell you that. The TV's going to tell you, oh, we're in big trouble because we just killed this general, and now there's wars, and it's going to, you know, it's, and I don't know what's going to happen, but there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And we got it. I mean, that's what's happening. That's what's happening all the time. There's going to be lots of storms. There's going to be lots of storms, a lot of weather extremes. I'm not, you know, some people say, well, see, some people say it's because of global warming. And it could be warming. Some people will say, well, it's because when Jesus comes back, things are going to get stirred. I'm just telling you, what are we seeing? Storms. We're seeing storms. We're seeing earthquakes in all kinds of places. We're seeing hatred among people. Hatred. People just hating one another. You know? And we kind of see it, but nobody, like, oh, what do we do about all this? And people are they're trying to figure out what to do about it. But there's ethnic hatred between groups. Political hatred between groups. I'm going to tell you something about the election. At the, election, at the end of the election, if we get that far, but at the end of the, end of the election this year, next, yeah, it's this year, at the end of the election, I'll tell you what, half the people will think the world is ending. Half the people that vote will think the world is ending because that's where we are. We're, we're a divided country, and half the people think, and so at the end of the election, no matter who gets elected, half the people will think it's over. That's just, that's just what's going to happen, okay? Because we're, we're, we have so much anger and hatred. Families are separated because of this. Families are in turmoil. You know, there's a lot of families that are just, there's just so much turmoil. And some of that is because of hatred and anger and selfishness and sin and all kinds of things that are working against the family. I think that's some of the things that are coming. Some of the things that are coming. Interestingly enough, Jesus said some of those things would be coming. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, beginning at the third verse. 
Now, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. There's going to be a lot of deception. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places, a lot of turmoil, a lot of turmoil in, in the earth. And all these things are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Well, there's that hatred. There's going to be all kinds of people hating one another, betraying one another, offending one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And I want to tell you something. The false prophets will tell you what you want to hear. They will appeal to your senses. They will tell you what you want to hear. And because of lawlessness, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. All this hatred and all this lawlessness, love grows cold because people are afraid to love. They're afraid to love because they're going to get hurt. And so love grows cold. It's hard to do. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So what do we see? Well, we see a lot of things we see around us. A lot of people are deceived by false Christ. And that deception is very subtle sometimes. It gets in the church. It gets in the church. All of a sudden you find people, and, and I've seen it in... In, in a church in the last 20 years or so, but you'll get people that will actually turn from the faith just to appeal to people. There's some, I've heard of some large congregations of pastors who have turned from the gospel and start preaching that everybody gets saved. We all get saved. God so loved the world and he saved everybody. It's no longer, it's no longer a personal commitment, but God saved everybody. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? It feels so good that we're all, we all get to go to heaven. We all go to heaven. I refuse at funerals to say people are going to heaven. I don't know. I'm not the judge. But I'll tell you what, I've been to a lot of funerals where the assumption was everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going. I was in a setting recently and the comment was made well we're all Christians and we're all going to heaven I thought how can you say that I would pray that's true here but I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that because you're here today or because you're a member of this church or come to this church that that automatically means you go to heaven that's a deception that's not true and so we need to be very careful about those deceptions And then it says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes everywhere. Many people are going to be offended. Oh, my goodness. 
Isn't everybody offended? <laughs> everybody seems offended by something. Or they're offended, I don't know. You just got to be so, you know, you, you have to be so careful. Oh, I don't want to offend somebody, you know. I know, sometimes I say dumb stuff. I know I do. You know, you say something, you go, oh, I wish I had just said that, you know. I never mean to offend somebody, but sometimes people take an offense. We get offended. You know, it seems like everybody's offended. We're hated. We hate one another. It's interesting to me, the, the world sees the hatred. You know, the world tells you it's hatred. It's interesting to me, the city of Bowling Green has declared that not in our town will any hatred be. They have a, they have a slogan, not in our town. Now, God bless them if they can declare not in our town and get rid of hatred. And I understand, they're, I understand what they're trying to do, but I want to tell you something. There's no, there's no program out there that's going to get rid of hatred. You can't just put up signs and say, well, not in our town. I mean, that's an, it's okay, but it doesn't get rid of hatred. Hatred is in the heart of man. And until you have a heart change, how's the hatred going to go? You can, I mean, you know, but the world has to try because they have no other alternative. They have nothing else to turn to. That's what they have. Sin's going to abound. Love's going to grow cold. Not a, not a pleasant picture. Not a pleasant picture. So what do we do now that I haven't made you happy? <laughs> See, I think, oh, wow. So now what do we do? Now, you know, everybody's down. Oh, we might as well all throw in a towel and give up. It's over. You know, it's like, where are we going from here? Well, you know how, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it gets, the Christian still has hope. I want you to turn to Psalms 2. Psalms 2, I'm going to read the 12 verses in Psalms 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. See, the world's just trying to destroy God's plans and purposes. He who sits on the throne shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Yes, God laughs. It says, the Lord, the Lord looks at it and he laughs. He laughs. He knows what's going on. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in a way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. If you're wise, it says we're going to be instructed by him and we're going to serve him with fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The, the respect of of who God is. If you don't have that respect of who God is, if you don't fear the Lord, you're going to be in trouble. Because the fear of the Lord is what sets a standard in our life. 
You know, the fear of the Lord. If there's not that fear of the Lord, then I can just do whatever I want because God's not going to do anything. There is no God. What's, what's, what's the problem? And so we need, to, we need to serve the Lord with fear. Respect who he is. That we will answer someday for what we do. We will answer. I'll answer and you'll answer. We answer for what we do. We answer for every idle word. That, that, that's an unsettling thought. <laughs> you know, it's an unsettling thought. But God in his mercy, who's rich in mercy, you know, that's the part. Because we know every idle word. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. But God who's rich in mercy will forgive me. You know, and it's because I trust him, because I fear him. It's not because, oh, I just stand around and he just kind of washes away the things I do. and Oh, that's no big deal. No, it's because I know who he is and I fear and trust him. And I come to him and I repent. Lord, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes he'll make your idle words evident to you. Like, well, you shouldn't have said that. It's like, oh, man. Sometimes you can do something about it. Sometimes you can't. But if you can, you need to. Do something about it. But we're responsible. We, we need to fear the Lord. We need to serve him. We need to rejoice with trembling. And it says, blessed are those who put their trust in him. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. So no matter what happens, no matter what 2020 brings, and let me say this. I, I, I need to say this. There are opportunities unbelievable in 2020. It's not like there's nothing out there yet, you know. We're not, we're not starving. You know, it says there's going to be famines and things are going on around us. But, you know, our opportunities are still in front of us in, this, in our nation. You know, things, are, things are, are good. You know, kids can make good choices and, and uh, go places and do things that God would have for them. There's lots of opportunity. There's lots of things still out there. And there's opportunity for the church. We still have time to share the gospel. That's our purpose, is to share the good news. There's still that opportunity. The door hasn't closed. There can come a time when that door closes. Now, you will always be able to share the gospel. Sometimes it's just not as easy as others. Now, sharing the gospel in the last 20 years has changed a little bit and there's been things come against the church you know i always use the gideons as my example you know the gideons used to be able to go into the fourth grade or fifth grade and they'd walk into the schools and say can we come and share the testaments with your school and, oh yeah you know the gate come in and share the testaments give everybody a testament now the gideons in america aren't even allowed in the schools and they're not even allowed on the sidewalks because that's government property, so they can't stand on the sidewalk and share the gospel. But they can go to Russia. They can go to all kinds of foreign countries, and they'll let them come in and not only hand out the Testaments, they'll let them preach the gospel. Things will change and can change. We have mostly open doors. There's, there's a force that's trying to stop that, I believe, in America. I think there's a force against the gospel in America. I think there's a force at work. But so far, so far, God's people can still share the gospel. 
We can still share the gospel. We can still tell people. Now, it doesn't mean people will accept it, won't like it. It doesn't mean you might get some persecution. It doesn't mean all that. But basically, you can still sh share the gospel where we have opportunity. We need to take advantage of that because you never know. You never know. You never know. That can change. That can change. Now, when it changes, we all share the gospel. But guess what? Sharing the gospel under persecution is a little tougher. Now, as Christians, we're still supposed to share the gospel. It just may require your life. Oh. Huh. Would I share the gospel if it required my life? Would I share the gospel if I could be persecuted or killed for it? Would I, would I be willing to do that? Well, what about being happy? What about being happy? How am I going to be happy if, if they kill me? Because I'm happy because I know where I'm going. No matter what, the Christian, we are always blessed. We are always blessed. See, it's just different than the way the world looks at it. But the big question is, how do you look at it? How do you see it? How do you see it? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do in 2020, 2020? What are you willing to do? I'm going to be sharing a little more about the, f the future. Um, I think next week I'm going to talk a little bit more about us as, as a church. Um, and I'm going to spend some time in the future talking about sharing the gospel. You know, how? And how can we encourage one another to do that? Personally, I don't think we do real well at it. Okay, maybe I don't want to be, but you know, if we're honest, let's, you know, I don't know that we do that great. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think we could improve. Let's put it that way. We could improve. We can improve. How do we, how do we share the gospel with our neighbors, people around us, people at work? How do we do that? How do we have the courage to do that? Sometimes it's just courage. You know, we're afraid. We're afraid to share. We're afraid to talk. If God's people don't tell the truth, who's going to? That's the thing. If we want to see things change, then God's people have to step up and do what we're called to do. Otherwise, it's not going to. It's not going to change. You know, the kingdom's rage, you know, the war and rumor war and everything. God laughs and goes, hey, I'm the answer. You guys are down there just, well, I'm the answer. Turn to me. Trust me. So as we look forward to 2020, you can look one of two ways. You can see all the things that are going on. They're out there. You can put your head in the sand and say, oh, no, it's great. That, you know, that may work for you. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Or you can say, okay, Lord, there's a lot of stuff out there. But you're greater than all that stuff. You're greater than all that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you. In you. Not a God off somewhere. The God in you is greater than the God in the world. The God in you. So it's up to us. It's our responsibility. I just pray that we do and be what God's called us to be in 2020. That we're faithful to him. Faithful to him. We do what he's asked us to do. Let's all stand.
Heavenly Father, as we look forward, we can see all the things around us that are wrong. We can see all the trouble and turmoil. And we know that that's true. But Lord, most of all, help us to see you. Lord, like Mary, help us to magnify you. Lord, we can either magnify the problem or we can magnify you. And Lord, help us to magnify you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who sits on his throne and rules over everything. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be your children. And Lord, we thank you for the responsibility we have. And Lord, we pray that that wouldn't seem like a burden, but Lord, it would seem like an, a natural, easy thing for us to allow you to work through us. So, Lord, we just pray that you help us to be faithful to you. Lord, just speak to our hearts. Help us to hear what you want us to do as individuals and as a congregation. Lord, that we'd be faithful to you. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for being with us. Lord, dismiss us now with your blessing. And, Lord, just guide us in all that we do and say. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.